Welcome to another episode of Women Leading Validation. I'm your host, Dori Gonzalez-Acevedo. I'm excited to bring to you a new friend and colleague that I met this year. I think you will be equally as inspired by Jillian Mantua, Vice President of Information Technology at United Wholesale Mortgage. As Vice President of IT Training, Jillian is responsible for the growth, development, and retention of the technology team members. She partners closely with 120 plus IT leaders spanning the enterprise, as well as the UWM's talent and marketing teams and oversees programs and efforts that result in 50,000 plus completed training hours every year. Jillian has held this role since 2020, but it has been at United Wholesale Mortgage since 2010, leading a variety of teams, including sales, operations, application development, and product delivery. Jillian is passionate about developing and guiding teams through uncharted territories, company transition, and rapid growth. Leveraging best practices from all industries is the way of the future. How and what can you do to do something different within your organization today? How can you bring about the best in your people and optimize your operational efficiencies? What does true alignment of values within an organization look like? Well, United Wholesale Mortgage has a great recipe. I hope you enjoy our conversation today. Please let me know what you think. If there's others in your organization that you think would be great for this podcast, reach out. Let us know. Take care. Well, welcome, Jillian, to Software Quality today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Dory? Good. Well, it's been, I was out in Detroit in November, so it's been a couple of months now, um, and I'm happy to have this opportunity to chat with you again because your tour of United Wholesale Mortgage was one of the most fascinating things that I had happen to me last year. Um, then it, you're, you're walking me through everything, describing your process, and all of what you guys do was probably the most, um, con- in, you know, part of all of the values I saw each and every room that we went to was threaded throughout your entire operation. And so I was really impressed. And so I'm glad you're here because I'd love for everyone else to to learn about it. Yes. It's so nice to reconnect with you. It was so nice to have you. And it's always like, we love having people here and showing off the campus. I mean, I really believe everyone here is so proud of it because everyone, there's so many people here that have helped build it. And seen us go from a you know 200 person company to you know 7,000 and what it takes and the challenges and the struggles, um, but it is definitely something that I think we all take a lot of pride in as we're walking through the building and get to show it off for visitors. So everyone I asked from an employee perspective, like had stellar recommendations across the board. And yeah. so, you know, being in quality in, in life sciences, I thought it was a really good opportunity to share with folks that typically listen to this podcast um, some opinions and thoughts around what a different vertical does, right? So you guys are in mortgages, something that I wouldn't have thought to um, pick a brain about um, because it's not something that I really enjoyed to talk about. Like uh, whenever I had to get my mortgages, it's not something that I um, run uh, very happily towards. So, but this is really fascinating. So you are the VP of IT training. Yes. And I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey and how you came to be in that role. Cause I think it's pretty unique. Oh, well, I won't, I'll try to, I'll try to keep it brief because it's a, it's definitely a long one, I think, to get where I am today. But um, out of college, I went to Michigan State and I went into sales. I, shockingly, I wanted to get into pharmaceutical sales um, mm-hmm. and ended up uh, in the mortgage space and doing mortgage as a loan officer uh, in sales there. Moved into leadership very quickly. Uh, mortgage business was booming um, in 05 when I started. Then the crash of 07 happened, right? The economic downturn, mm-hmm. um, something like we've never seen before. So through a series of events, I left the company that I started at and took some time off and then got back into the game and got into another small company, a 25-person shop. Uh, a year after I started there, that company closed their doors. So the owner of that company knew uh, Jeff Ishbia, who is the owner and founder of United Wholesale Mortgage. And, uh, you know, locally knowing each other, he said, I'd like to take all people uh, that were at your company that you have to close down. And I'd like to interview them for positions with Shore Mortgage and United Wholesale Mortgage. We're in a good spot. We're going to need people. Um, and so I interviewed for a position at United Wholesale Mortgage in 2010. 
still sales at the time. So mortgage sales, call center style, uh, over the phone, direct to consumer. So selling mortgages to consumers over the phone. And I did that for, I think about three and a half, four years here um, at what was Shore Mortgage at the time. So that was our direct mm-hmm. to retail branch. Um, that is a very tough business. Um, our wholesale business, which is the, uh, we work with directly with brokers. So not direct to consumer, but business to business side was the large part of the company that was very successful. Retail was very small, not very profitable and, uh, you know, a struggled, I think, to get that off the ground. So about three and a half, four years in the CEO, uh, Matt Ishbia, who's very well known now, uh, with all of his success, he said, we're going to shut down retail. And, you know, we're going to just solely focus on wholesale. So this was a bit of a pivotal time, I think, in in my career and kind of what cemented me here with the company, uh, because there was 225 people we had working in retail at the time. And I was senior vice president over all of it, sales and operations. And, you know, he said, I want to take every single person that is in retail and I want to find them a position within United Wholesale Mortgage. And that's something that most, you know, they'll just do a layoff, a lot. right? There's yeah. a, the people yeah. have to be that's reskilled, a big retrained. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes into that. That's not something mm-hmm. that it's a whole thing that you have to do, you know, and, you know, people complaining and, you know, if they don't have roles. So, um, you know, we did that and we did that very successfully. And at the time, you know, I was asked, you know, what I wanted to do. And I said, I, I you know, they, they just assumed kind of maybe do you want to go into sales? And I said, not really. <laughs> you know, I've been in sales now for, you know, a handful of years and, I really don't want to be 50 and in sales. There's the ups and downs, those swings are, are tough to stomach. Hard. You know, the, yeah. the big years are amazing, but then you got to survive through years like we're in now, you know, the poor sales guys mm-hmm. that are out there now. It's, it's you know, I definitely feel for them. Um, I was a big complainer of our technology uh, all mm. throughout my sales tenure at Shore Mortgage. <laughs> I constantly told anyone that would listen, including the CEO, um, how horrible I thought our technology was. He always told me we have the best technology that's out there. <laughs> and you know, what's funny is we actually did. And I still looking at it. it was you didn't so, know it at the yeah, time. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was so bad, but it was the best of the worst, you know, at the time. And we mm-hmm. weren't even on the map yet as a lender. We were starting to get on the map, I think now. So, you know, they mentioned that I complained a lot about technology and what, why don't I go over to technology and see what I can do? Uh, so our technology team, when I started in 2010 was, I think it was two people and wow. When I came in, you know, four years later, it's been eight years, I think I've been in tech now, uh, there was about 40 or 45 people or so. So the tech team is still very small at this point, and the company is rapidly growing and expanding. So I came into the tech space um, not knowing anything. I didn't know. I sat in the room with a lot of the leaders and a few of the VPs, and I didn't know a single word that they were saying. I didn't, if, and, and the were the only words mm-hmm. that I understood. <laughs> and I had been in mortgages my whole career. Like I knew everything mortgages. I could right, tell right. you from You need the business buy, side, but you didn't have the technical side. Yeah. At mm-hmm. all. Yeah. So um, eventually uh, I started to realize that they didn't know the mortgage side at all. Um, and there That's was things that they didn't know that I could start to understand where my value was within the team. So they would bring up, so I think at some point someone brought up a question and said, what is DTI? And they're working on our systems that impacted our debt to income ratio, you know, eight years ago. And I said, you don't know what that is? I said, you can't mess that. You can't mess that up. If you mess that up, it's going to impact our AUS findings. And they're like, what's AUS? And I'm like, it's our automated mm-hmm. underwriting system, you know? And, like, and so we start to go into at the, in, the, in this meeting, all the details of like, it is critical that you get this right. So you need mm-hmm. to make sure that you test this. And how are we going to test this? And do you understand how this works? And you know, I started to lay it out for them at the time and they're like, oh, wow, this is helpful. All this, no- mm-hmm. you know, all this knowledge that you have that you're kind of just spitting out in this meeting. So at that point, I started to get my legs under me a little bit in tech and um, they kind of set me loose to do whatever I wanted. So this is my first year in tech. They said, go, go find some things you think we need to improve. And I was like, oh, I got lists. So <laughs> let me, let me show you you know. So I went into a few of our teams and um, came back and I said, here's some options of just massive efficiency pickups that we could make. Um, Systems are slow. Data points are all over on 30 different pages for one person that's just trying to do one loan. You know, it takes them 45 minutes. It seems ridiculous. They're only inputting like 35 data points. Um, And so they gave me a development team and they said, here's a development team. Tell them what you want to do and put them to work. And I said, great. Like, let's do it. <laughs> you know? So, uh, 
it happened to be a guy that I had, I was able to hire one technology guy when I was on the retail side. Cause all my complaining, I was like, just let me hire someone. Let me hire someone. So they, let me hire one guy. <laughs> they eventually took him because he was so valuable. And no, he ended no. up being one of the guys on the team. When I had all these ideas that they said, go execute. It happened to be the guy that I had hired, you know, years earlier that had moved into wholesale long prior. So we get it going. Um, they start developing and uh, creating a web-based solution from where we were, getting us off of a vendor that we were working with that was just old and archaic. Um, and I'm probably six or seven months pregnant at the time when we're in the midst of all this. So, you know, mm-hmm. first first opportunity in tech, team starts building it, and we finally get it out the door. And I think the first, I, I took the whole development team down to the users with me because there was 12 users on this team mm-hmm. and, you know, five or six developers and a handful of testers that were there. So I said, Hey, the day we deploy, just come down there. Like, and they're everyone's like, we can do that. I'm like, we can do anything. Like nobody, you know, <laughs> people want us to be successful. There's nobody telling us we can't do anything. I said, I'll get some folding tables. Like, let's sit there and watch. Can you guys do that? Mm-hmm. They're like, yes. So, you know, the first day we deployed my first ever deployment, um, we sit down there and the developers are just watching the users as we go live and they're seeing things instantly. They're like, oh, I see that. I see the error they're having. I see the problem. I see the. I'm going to fix it and I'm going to repush to production. So it was like rapid fire deploy where you don't have to wait for that feedback cycle, mm-hmm. and that feedback loop. And mm-hmm. the team was so energized and so excited about it. I was like, this is fun. You know, mm-hmm. I could like if this is what tech is like, I, I can do this. The team that we deployed to, they were stoked. I mean, the system was so much easier. It was so simple. There was limited training that was needed. Now, I think in the first day, I'll have to check my numbers. I don't want to get these numbers wrong. But, you know, in a day, a user could do 12 a day is what I recall uh, from that time. And the first day we deployed, it went up to 40. You know, so a user goes from 12 to 40. Right. And then I think when I a couple of years ago, I shadowed the team and they were up to 120. Um, you know, just because we were just mm-hmm. chipping away at small integrations and things that we could do at the time. And the quality went through the roof because mm-hmm. less human error, more logical order of how they work a document and the data points right. that they need to input, you know, automating fields that are coming in. Um, so it just created such a better experience, not just for our team members, less stress on the leaders to have to train people, um, less skilled people necessarily. And then our brokers had a better experience because their loans right. move faster and there's less mistakes that are happening. Um, so that was my first experience. Um, you know, what I love about all of that is that it was intuitive to you and what I'm hearing, what you're sharing, right. It was intuitive to you given your role as a SME, as a, as a former user, right. And then given the opportunity and latitude to try something new, right. And bring the teams together and do that in, in real time and, and let the experience happen across the aisle, right? Where, um, you know, not necessarily, that doesn't necessarily happen all the time, right? Sometimes teams get a list of requirements or features that they would like to have and not a lot of dialogue, right? Um, And then they don't see the added value of what's really um, behind the scenes. So what I love about that story is, is, is very intuitive. And given that just, that's who you were at the time and, and what you saw as being valuable to the company. So you brought it there. Oh yeah. And I, I kept afterwards, they're like, Oh, you're great. You're, you're agile and you're a great business analyst. I was like, what are, I don't even know what any of these no, things are. This, we're just, right, right. We're just yeah. improving technology for people, you know, and this is, this is great. And this is how we should do it. And I, you know, I didn't, I was so, I was so ignorant to like what the norms were that I, right. it didn't matter. I was just like, this is what, well, that's what's brilliant yeah. about it. Right. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I think over time is what we saw is that, you know, I had success and I had a lot of experience, but we started to have other people come in from the business side that they were adding value to and they could pick up the tech stuff or they could push a little bit to say, come, come meet the people or let me introduce you to this group so you can see how they work, come shadow. You know, so we kind of started to break down a lot of those barriers where, you know, on the technology side, they started to feel more comfortable engaging and mm-hmm. interacting with the business side where you didn't have to write a long requirements document. And like you said, throw it over the wall. And it's like, no, you're a developer, but the people work right down here. Let's just go. Right. Let me go show visit you. Them. Yeah, yeah. You're going to see when you do a shadow, it's like every, everyone sees it different of like, you're going to see how slow it is. The user has been working in it for two years. They don't even realize, mm-hmm. you know, they know it's slow, but you know, when you yeah. look at it, you're like, I would never work in this system. I can't even believe people are willing to do it, <laughs> yeah. you know, to an extent. So What's yeah, that was my first taste. I love that. And, and um, the other thing, which I also struck me at the, um, when I came and toured with you was 
how close in proximity everybody was relatively. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big yeah. campus, but yeah. it, it's accessible to everybody. And you were also sharing like you guys were back full time, like in person as quick as possible. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So can it's- you share a little bit about that? Because I think that's also very unique in what you do today too, right? Um, yeah. Um, it- yeah, the um, the so our our culture here United Wholesale Mortgage it drives everything that we do. So the uh, it's encouraged to get things done. And getting things done doesn't mean you send an email and feel accomplished. You know, mm-hmm. oh you send an email and here's the things I need from somebody. No, go walk to the third floor, talk to the I just had a meeting with the immigration attorney, right? Go talk to him, figure out what he needs from us and make sure you've got a good plan moving forward. So I think the environment that we have here where it's highly always encouraged, just go get the answer that you need. Interruption, you know, a lot of companies, some people are like, oh, that's so many interruptions. No, it's, 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 it's speeding you up because you don't have to have so much back and forth. It's most people just need a quick answer or there's a quick mm-hmm. question, or if there's a more formal meeting that needs to be set up, of course, those things happen here as well, but you don't get a lot accomplished through back and forth on email and even phone. I mean, phone is sometimes a little bit better, you know, cause you, right. but getting someone on the phone and then understanding context and body language and things like that. So, you know, we solve a lot of problems um, by being able to be in person and break down a lot of barriers on the IT side, like how the teams are located. You know, you've got your developers, you've got your quality engineers, you've got your product owner, you know, your team leader that's responsible for the career progression and sometimes a portion of those projects. So they're all sitting right next to each other. So they spin around. If the developer's almost done, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to kick this back to functionally test this, you know, take a look at it, let me know if we're good, and then we'll move things forward. So it just happens fast. You're not, I mean, you're switching tasks in in our systems ultimately, but it's more mm-hmm. for tracking purposes for farther down the line as it is for getting these actual software out there. So mm-hmm. it saves us a lot of a lot of time and wasted energy that happens when it's, you know, back and forth over email or systems or, you know, even overseas, you know, a lot of people that don't, they don't, most, most companies don't work together anymore. You know, everything's over the right. computer. People are working from home. But right. when I look around every day, like the amount of people that are talking and engaging and solving problems, it's, um, you can see why it makes such a difference of like why mm-hmm. we're so successful because you're mm-hmm. getting the answers that you need instantly. Uh, yeah. And that's a culture, right? Where everything is moving. Right. People want instant answers. And I imagine that also then translates to further employee satisfaction, right? When they oh, yeah. are not having to hunt things down or getting frustrated with email or whatever, right? Like because they are having an open dialogue with their colleagues um, that just adds further um you know, a fulfillment um, oh, along yeah. the way. It, yeah. ta- it ultimately, it takes away the excuses, right? You're, you're never, mm-hmm. you can't ever say I'm waiting on someone. No, you're not. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, unless it's yeah, a vendor yeah. we're working with, like, who are you waiting on? Like, you know, one of the SVPs, good. I see his door's going to, you know, he's probably in a meeting until 4.30 and then he's going <laughs> to, there's going to be a switch. There's going to be an inner, you know, someone's going to come out and someone's going to go and you can pop your head in there and say, are you good with, you know, are you good with this? Okay, we're going to move it forward. Right. So, right. no, those things are, and I, I think the, the happiness that you get of having there's there's lots of small engagement that happens too at a personal level of getting to know people and there's so much support for people personally and professionally here right because there's these conversations that happen when you're getting your lunch in the kitchen mm-hmm. or when you're standing in line in our you cafe or when you sit down with somebody that you don't know all of a sudden it's like oh I want to get into IT I've been in operations for four years here and I'm mm-hmm. interested and they end up sitting with me and we kind of talk through it and then you end up meeting for coffee because we've got the Starbucks here and a great mm-hmm. another coffee place on the other side yeah. um, so there's all these like micro uh, interactions that are happening hundreds of them per day with everybody where when you're up you're moving around the campus because that's how as you saw the campus is designed and when you're going to meet someone to get an answer you're again you're moving and so you're crossing paths with so many people and you're fostering these deep relationships that aren't just your team. And it's not just your, you know, 10 person team or your 40 person team, you're interacting and engaging at many levels, like a massive, you know, like a massive campus, you know, when you think of a college campus yeah. or a big community like that, um, that's really what it is. And it really fuels um, a great environment for, for driving things forward. So yeah. I love it. it it's uh, it's a buzz. There's always a buzz it, here too. It is. It's very much true. Um, so so let's pivot a little bit about your team and your training team and how that's kind of evolved and what are you focusing on? Because, you know, how 
one of the things in um, that I see and, and struggle with sometimes in in my specific industry in life sciences is that there's a there's not a primary focus on training. Um, it's kind of a byproduct of or as a result of a finding or um, you know a, a checklist that has to get done. Um, my industry also tends to have a lot of SOPs to read and understand. Um, and that is the crux of that training. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be all that, that it is. Um, and it's not necessarily like even like two or three, it could be like 50 SOPs that they have to read and understand, oh, but that's the only thing that they have. So, um, so I wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit. Can, if you can share some of what, what's been successful to you, how you like what you've done and how large of a group you do based on who you support as well, because I think some of these things are very unique and um, have been very successful for you. Yes. So, you know, our training team as a company has been recognized, you know, throughout the world, ultimately a lot of, uh, you know, magazine coverage and just a lot of accolades that we've received in the last several years. My real focus um, with IT training has been, that's been my sole focus really for the last year and a half. So prior to that is application development, you know, product development um, and lots of other areas. And now it's been solely, you know, IT training. So um, let me think back to kind of what you were describing. So I think that our, again, back to our culture a little bit, like our culture fosters an environment where we want to skill people up and we want to hire people with a great attitude and a great work ethic and everything else we can train them on ultimately. Like if they come in every day positive and they want to work hard and they're willing, like we're willing to invest in them and invest in their future. So we do a, a ton of that at the company. Um, a lot of internal mobility happens where someone comes in at a $15 an hour job and then they progress through the company and all of a sudden they're a, a software developer, you know, three or four years later, um, just because they had a great work ethic and a great attitude. So my training team, um, it's grown a lot in the last year and a half. Um, as everyone out there knows that's listening that works in technology, like it has been a challenging market to hire for technology. I think it's been for probably the last decade, um, you know, to hire and grow your team and, you know, our you know, our, our C-level executives and having the foresight to know that we have to have strong programs to bring people in and bring people up and train them is going to be our best shot at success and building a super strong, you know, information technology team and then being able to supplement with some external, um, you know, more talented hires and more seniors that can kind of help us on that side. But so we've created a lot of developmental programs. Um, with an IT training, it's been, we're on like our probably our 20th iteration of a handful of them. So software developers, business analysts, and quality analysts, and then quality engineers. Um, so two separate quality roles that we have developmental programs for. Last year, we rolled out many more developmental programs. Um, Salesforce, it can be really hard to hire for. So we created our own in-house training to take people into mm. Salesforce developer roles or Salesforce admin roles. I think our Salesforce team is, I don't know how large they are. They're, uh, they've grown tremendously. I think there's five different teams that work under um, Salesforce and Jackie Doan, our VP over there. Um, DevOps. So DevOps has gotten big, right? And DevOps engineers and understanding all the tooling and technology that comes with that and growing people into those roles. So we have a DevOps X program that's rolled out. So foundationally, our training team has created a lot of these entry-level development programs to get people in the tech space and get them to like ultimately a, a high performing level one. So we'll take somebody that knows nothing about training or maybe they've been to a tech boot camp, and then they get into our program. Tough process. Uh, we get a ton of applicants. So mm. externally, and this wasn't always like this, it's, it's obviously built up over time of people that want to get into technology. But, you know, a lot of times we'll open the post externally and it can only stay open for a day because we'll get so many applicants. Wow. Yeah. Um, which is great. It's great for us. So we just have to create the filtering, all right, a good filtering process internally is the same way. You know, we take a lot, uh, usually we take about 75% internal candidates for most of these programs Mm -hmm. and everyone's waiting for them to open. Everyone's applying. And now it's, you know, who's ready for it, who's studied the most, who's done as much as they can to learn about our teams and those roles. And now we're really taking the best of the best, the hungriest people internally, and they are thriving. Um, we Mm -hmm. are seeing, 
just every program, people are getting better and better. They're hitting the floor and they're producing faster than ever. Um, people that are coming out of our programs and they're deploying to production, you know, within two weeks, they're deploying their first stories into production successfully, um, which is huge. It's huge for our teams that are supporting them, our product owners that are teeing up small items, and, you know, our training team that supports them even post the program after they've graduated from the programs. We have a lot of, um, all of our programs are instructor-led um, in person. So wow. there is some small online curriculum that they do, the computer-based trainings that we've created. But all of these programs we've, we've built from scratch, um, instructor-led courses, quizzes, exams throughout, um, just like you would see, you know, in the, well, not college anymore. A lot of colleges have moved to online. You know, right. but what you have seen before in terms of lots of classes they're attending 40 hours a week, paid training, um, and coming out of it ready to, um, you know, hit the floor. We did something fun because uh, I always like to get creative. And mm-hmm. we were having a challenge a year and a half ago where we were just tossing these people on teams and there was no process in place. And it was, it was, a, it was a bit of a mess, to be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, the leaders didn't know if they needed them, what they were expecting them. They were kind of just getting these people and they were showing up one day and we had, we were like, well, we trained them, they're ready. Mm-hmm. And then they would just get plopped and there was no preparation, no, no good onboarding process. And so we recognized that as we grew and we created a draft. Uh, so we do, you know, like you'd have an NHL draft or an NBA draft. So we created mm-hmm. a drafting process where there's a, for this round that we have going on, actually, we're about to send out a scouting report where we take mm-hmm. all the trainees that are in these programs and you've got your, their picture and you've got some basic stats that we got from how they got, you know, where they came from in the business or where they came from externally, how they're performing in the program, what teams they would like to be placed on or areas that they're interested in, um, a personality, a predictive index, you know, we'll run one of those mm-hmm. to kind of do personality matches and things like that as well. And then we provide all that to the leaders that are going to be getting a team member that are eligible to receive a team member. And then mm-hmm. the day that they all get drafted, you know, we do like a first round draft pick and it's a whole experience mm-hmm. where they get to select their team member out of these developmental programs. And it's created a much better engagement with our IT training and then our leaders that are receiving people. Where before there was the, the your butting heads almost a little bit, right? Just because mm-hmm. there's there's a I don't want to say an artificial barrier up, but there was just a we did our job and now we'll throw them over to you. Just like right. technology, right? I'll, I wrote yeah. the requirements and now you guys do this right. and throw it back. So to now us it's and, a little bit more um, collaborative. Yes, it's much mm-hmm. more culture, like how we do things here, and so. I mean, the CTO comes, like he gives a speech to everyone. We bring everyone in at the end. People are, you know, celebrate. People have had banners for their people made, um, you know, mm-hmm. t-shirts and things like that for their new people. And it becomes this experience where they're getting accepted onto a team. The entire team knows it. They know that they wanted them. Um, and it becomes a really great experience. So those are those are all the fun things that we get to do just because we have the autonomy to do them here. Like nobody's telling us not to, you know, we throw it right. out there to the CTO and he's like, sounds great, do it. And like invite right. me so I can come and watch it all happen. So we have right. a lot of a support, I think, at, at the company. And so when you have that, people can get creative and people can do their best work. And that makes a huge difference when you're not put in this box artificially. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just put good people in the role and know they're driven to become successful and driven to produce great people. And they're proud of these programs and these, you know, these great things start happening. So, so that was one of the things that you were explaining when we were on the tour, right? Um, you know, the, the concepts of there's no offices other than what, like a hand, like three, maybe four offices, true offices. Yeah. Just um, a- SVPs and higher are the only ones. I mean, VPs are on the floor, you know, team leaders on the floor, assistant vice presidents. Yeah. They're all out there on the floor with everyone else. Yeah. And no barriers. There's There's no, no barriers. There's no cubicles. Right. right? So you can see for miles, um, which it's literally miles because you guys have (laughs) so many people. Right. But so you can see the entire floor. Um, there's a very, um, well, not the, um, you know, New York stock exchange sort of feel, but there is that sort of feel in a fun way, I guess is the best way to, you know, there's not all that hype and and craziness, but there is a very, you said it before, maybe collegial sort of way of of being, right? Where um, felt very included. I felt included even just being there as a visitor, right? Yeah. Um, which is really, really um, unique. Around the leaders, and and um, one of the things, um, what I like about what you're saying and and how you're you're um, able to elevate what you're doing is because. 
it's coming from the top down too, right? So it's they're giving the top is telling you you have the autonomy to do what the right thing is to do and and build that culture. And then from the bottom up, they want that too, right? So there's a bit this very um um organic sort of growth mindset I see um when I was there. Um how does that play out in terms of the ability to adopt new technology mm-hmm. and innovation that you guys have and, and thoughts around that? Yeah. Yeah. Our, our CTO is like word of the year is like fail, you know, he's like fail mm. fast, you know, and, and fail because the, the, you, that's how you learn the most. And a lot of our IT meetings recently, you know, with all of us, it's, it's he's always telling a story about that. Even there's a great one that he talked about of, when you work out, like you have to work your muscles until failure and they break and that's how you rebuild stronger. And like that analogy just stuck with me, right? It's like, you have to push yourself to the point of making mistakes ultimately. And, and then you have to be able to be ready to recover, you know, and the recovery of those things. So I think that the, our, our highest leaders, they're very okay with failures. Um, even years ago, you know, in the space we were pushing out technology and we're like, Oh, it's not ready. It's not ready. And he's like, yeah, go like push it out anyway. And we're like, it's going to be a hot mess. And he's like, okay, well, we'll figure it out. You know, we will fit like, I'm confident you guys will figure it out. And what we got really good at was, was solving bugs quickly. Right. And identifying them quickly. And we start, you know, through our own knowing there'll be pressure on us always is we got better and better at that because there was always this push to like, it's, it's okay. We know they'll do the best you can. And then learn once it gets out there, let's, you know, put your feet to the fire and learn. And those have been great experiences. Um, Even from training, you know, we try things all the time and we have the autonomy to try, whether it's a new technology or a new process we're putting in place, put it in, try it. And if it doesn't work, just change, just be ready to recover and change. Uh, We've rolled out, oh gosh, the number of technologies we rolled out last year is is insane. And the new ones that we've onboarded um, to try them and say, if, if this solves a problem, great, let's move forward with it. And if it's going to fix it, and if it doesn't, then let's just, re- let's reverse and let's go, go a different direction. So, you know, the CEO always talks about speed solves everything. It's mm. do it, but do it quickly. You know, don't, mm-hmm. don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze it. Like if you have a problem and this is a solution potentially to that problem, you know, spend a little time vetting it and then just drive, drive it forward and, and see if it solves it. So so along those lines, I mean, mortgages are highly regulated too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So one of the, so let's talk about quality culture um, mm-hmm. and changing the quality mindset. Um, one of the items that, um, you know, in life sciences, there's often, often this push and pull. Um, you've now sat in some of our women in CSV meetings um, where you've heard this kind of you know, um, very risk averse perspective, um, from some, right. And then there's the other side of, you know, the push to innovate. Right. And so we see this a lot in, in, from the quality units in particular in life sciences of this, this push and pull, we can't do this because it's too risky or we're afraid of an audit finding or that sort of thing. You guys are highly regulated. How do you balance and and where does your quality group come into play in all of this? You know, we've got, of course, we've got good, you know, automated and regression testing. And we've got, I think we've got a lot of SMEs that have been here that are, they, they do know the inner workings of, they know the critical mistakes. Like there's not, um, I, I don't know why it feels so low risk necessarily. Um, you know, there's a clear understanding, maybe it's the global knowledge that we have across the floor mm-hmm. of all of our, you know, of our systems in general and all the business knowledge that's there of common pitfalls. Like it's just innately known by a lot of the groups of you, that's not, that won't, that won't work. That, that would be catastrophic, you know, that's catastrophic. And that's just well known, I think throughout many of the people maybe even because of all the training that we had as a, as a company, you know, Mm -hmm. it's very clear. And then there's safeguards that are put in place from a technology standpoint where those critical safeguards are already long in existence and in place and redundancy. Um, Right. I think we get away with. Interesting. Yeah. So you've actually layered in the systematic structures um, to, to guard against those. um, Yeah. And I'm guessing, though, if, if and when new regulations come out, there is a team that kind of assesses and looks at the, that, that structure. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. mean, there's so many changes that happen within mortgages constantly, right? From products or from conditions or, oh gosh, over COVID, think about all the things that oh, changed right. with, mm-hmm. you know, verbal verification of employments we were just talking about earlier before mm-hmm. we started the call. And, you know, what comes with that, there was mass change that happened. But again, our ability to be here in one building and adapt quickly to those things, there was lots of conversation that solved those problems, you know, rapidly for us. And again, I think it's a lot of the long invested SME knowledge that we have on the floor of we know this, we understand this, and we can make these quick changes and quick pivots. And over time, it's just we've built up, you know, a levels and levels, I think, of behind the scenes safeguards to protect us from anything that's that that's big or catastrophic. But changes are just changes. You know, there's this new product and you have to have this new document that goes out. Good. We've done that a hundred times, you know, a thousand times probably. So you know, so that's interesting. So how like so how many systems do you guys have? And like are we talking like dozens, hundreds? So, I mean, we have two, we have a handful of main systems, right? So there's one right. main system um, for our brokers that our brokers are mostly engaged with. And there's some subsystems that are auxiliary, I think, off of that for marketing purposes or or other connections. But there's one main system for our brokers that is the primary system. And then there's really one internal system for our internal operational people um, that they primarily work out of. So there's two major systems. And then within and how there, often do they, they change over the course of the year? Are you doing like quarterly? From like a compliance, system? from like a compliance yeah. standpoint or just in well, ge- just, or just regular change changes? control? Yeah. Technology. How much? Uh, I mean, every, I mean, every 48 hours we're pushing to production. Wow. We're, we're pushing daily. We're, I mean, daily there's teams that are pushing constantly mm-hmm. like CICD. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's a constant. It's funny. I remember years ago, many years ago when I was new in IT, I think I mentioned we were struggling because we were doing like 2 a.m. deploys because we had to take our systems down. Right. So we had to do it. And we're, we, we do we handle West Coast. Um, so, you know, 2 a.m. is 11 on Pacific time. And in order to push in any technology, we had to be on at 2 a.m. And sometimes we went till three or four because there was mm-hmm. issues with the builds and there was all right. sorts of problems that were happening. And finally, we were sitting in the room with the, I think the CEO and the CEO at the time. And I was like, you know, Amazon pushes to production every 30 seconds. And I feel like at that point, we were like, well, if they're doing it, like we're going to figure out a way to do it. And with Jason coming in, he really started to make those pushes to like, we have to get to a CICD bottle. We have to be able to deploy whenever, however we need to, when business is going, when it's not, um, you know, so that was a, that was a huge push for. And because it's critical to the business. I mean, that is your business. Like your entire operation lives and dies based on on that technology. And so therefore it has to be right. Um, Yes. That's as critical as it is. So all of the training that you're doing supports that IT. There are other training groups for that support other parts of the business as well. Um, when you look at um, where you're at today and, and, you know, wanting to develop new leaders within the organization, I'm also guessing just based on what I've seen from the mission values that you guys all are, that's part of the process, right? So to, you know, that growth and development path for everybody is kind of laid out. Is that true? Oh yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's so many options and so many opportunities that have arisen over the years for people to move into leadership roles here, but there is, we have an entire leadership development training team that's focused on not just getting new leaders in, but also growing our current leaders. Um, and they're doing, uh, there's five trainings that we're all leaders at the company are attending right now to, you know, refresh and then teach us emotional intelligence, right? How we run our huddles. So we're required, you know, at the company that we're huddling our team daily. So there's a daily huddle. And often there's a playbook of here's the things that here's the communication that needs to come down to the team members from the top Mm -hmm. all the way down, not an email on this, but from the leader down to the team members to say, here's things that are going on to the company. Here's how we're performing. You know, here's here's interesting engagements. You know, here's when our uh, UWM live for all of our brokers is going to happen. So there's all this great information that's shared at the senior highest senior leadership levels, and those are all brought down, you know, daily or weekly to the teams to have those engaging huddles. And and then we're trained as leaders of how to make sure it's a good huddle because it's one thing to just share information. It's another mm-hmm. thing to shout people out and make them feel recognized or you know, have a positive energy and bring in great news for the day or, or set the tone for how you want the week to go. Um, 
you know, there's have a contest so people get to know each other better. So there's better camaraderie mm-hmm. within your team. So as leaders, it's like, we're constantly, um, you know, we're constantly pushed and even refreshed. So you don't get stale and stagnant and sit at your desk and, you know, tell people what to do. This is uh, you're getting feedback from your team and you're, you're trying to improve every day. And then I think it, it becomes, this is a leadership here is very challenging. The expectations are incredibly high. Mm. You have to meet with every one of your team members for 30 minutes, every single month, you cover their personal goals, you cover their professional goals, and then you give them some feedback, what they're doing well and, mm-hmm. you know, an area potentially of opportunity. So that's all required. That's all documented. And those are amazing sessions. It's a lot when you're doing a job though, sometimes, right? Or if you've right. got 16 direct reports and it's time right. to prep that, it's time to sit down and have- I was curious about the ratio, like how many folks that were, and if it was capped to like, you know, to 20 or something, like there, there has to be a limit to what someone can really do well, given that that is the high bar that you've set, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. usually eight, you know, anywhere from eight to 16 is what you'll find is pretty, pretty standard mm-hmm. 16 being high, but some teams can handle it depending on your mix, right? If you've got some right. veterans that have been with in that can support you um, right. different than if you've got a whole new team that you've overturned and you've got, you know, 12 right. new people, that's a lot more stress on the But leaders, you guys right? have so. all collectively, again, from the top down has said, this is what we're investing in. And yeah. so these are the standards. These are the expectations. They are high expectations. And we are going to fund that. We are going to enable you to do that, get the training to be the leader that you we want you to be, right? Yeah. Um, and so that is really walking the walk um, from uh, across the board, which I find oh, yeah. um, really refreshing in so many ways. There's, um, we have... Uh, Uh, Just one more point that I think is important to make on leadership here. You know, we have what we call 12 leadership behaviors and they encompass things like, you know, we communicate and we recognize and we share success. So these are all themes that throughout everything that we do, that these are reminders of like, as a leader here, your job is to be a skilled communicator, to communicate to your team, to communicate up to your senior leaders. And then we're actually rated on those things twice a year by our team anonymously so they rate us and like oftentimes you get, I got a couple of years ago, I got rated low and we collaborate. And when I thought back, I was like, I never asked their opinion. Like I, when I'm making mm. a change, like I never get my team together and say, Hey, here's what, here's our problem. How do we solve? Here's what I think we should, you know, or how do we solve this problem? That's right. how you should approach it. Not here's what we're going to do, which is what I was doing. And so mm-hmm. having those feedback loops, you know, just like with good technology, it's like when you have a feedback loop like that, where the team members are able to rate the leader and say that they're doing terrible in this area. They're honest. They're very honest. Mm -hmm. And they'll tell you when you're doing great too. So those are things that I think as leaders, we really look forward to, to getting that, you know, unbiased feedback coming our way to help us get better. Which is something that you never learn in school, right? Like these are things and skills that you don't learn in school. And so when you get in the workforce, I was having, um, I did a, a next generation um, po- a webinar recording the other day with five young folk and how the only way to get those skills is to get into a company that has the processes and in place, like you're explaining, right? Like in yeah. that real, like, again, the dollars and the sense and the, and the purpose to really carry that out. Um, because that is a skill set in communication and communicating well and feed and how to give feedback, how to participate in a team. Not everyone has gone through their schooling necessarily as part of a team. Like, and maybe if you, you did, you might not have gotten the right sort of <laughs> team collaboration yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in that. Right. And so, um, Cultivating that as a as a model for an organization, and, and remind me how, how this United Wholesale Mortgage is not old, right? This is not, not thirty. I mean, thirty years, but maybe I'm probably forty. I don't know if it's I'm approaching forty. Probably not at this point, but um, you know, we they were so small up until the last 10 right. years, really. So it's yeah. been massive to get to that, scale that to this level. Yeah, that's what to I scale mean. This right. level so effectively with these processes and these behaviors right. and culture. Yeah. So in less than yeah. 10 years, you've gone from how many to 7,000? Right? Oh gosh, we were, t- yeah, we were two f- 13 years. And I said, I think we were about 200 people, 250. Yeah. And over the, at our peak, I think we hit about 9,000, but, um, you know, through natural attrition and everything else, I think we're down a little bit since then. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, 
It's very inspirational. Again, can you share a little bit about also your um, what you guys do and your philosophy around um, diversity, equity, and inclusion? Because I think oh, yeah. you know when I was there, it was lovely to see. Um, so I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. Yeah, we've got great. We've just get kind of more. It's more recent. When I say more recent, the last couple of years spun up uh, the resource group. So. That's been nice to see those things get off the ground because there's big impact that those groups will make or people that become part of those groups that feel a sense of home or a sense of uh, a self, I think, in those. But something that's awesome, too, you probably notice when you're here is like we everyone wears UWM gear when they're here, right? The t-shirts mm-hmm. are everywhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, as part of our marketing, I mean, they sold, they were selling them. The price went up a little bit inflation, right? But uh, <laughs> it was like $6 for a t-shirt and they're super high quality shirts. So everyone was just buying shirts left and right. And a couple, it had to be two, maybe two years ago, our marketing team, they started doing a monthly design, you know, and it would have been like, um, you know, Latino or American Indian or, um, you know, black history. And then I'll, LGBTQ, you know, was another one. And so the designs were UWM, but behind it was, you know, all the things that embodied those. So you see a lot of people on a lot of our marketing things, and it's just a very cool way to bring people together um, and to recognize people and all the different cultures that we have here uh, and celebrate those, you know, at every opportunity from food that we have in the U Cafe. Uh, gosh, for our, obviously our Indian population is very big in the technology mm-hmm. area that we have. And Diwali here is like everybody beautiful. looks forward to it. Oh, because you were here abso- during it. That's I was right. there during it. It yes. was beautiful. It was absolutely. Oh my beautiful. gosh! It's yeah. I, I, you've learned so much and hearing people that I've worked with for years talk about their culture and talk about you know the festival of lights and seeing the dances and the trying the food that I would have never tried before that they bring in and you know and we'll bring in and pay for and there's a whole buffet and then the henna tattoos and I mean we've really like every year I think we get more and more invested. Um, and bringing all these different cultures here on campus together and ultimately celebrating them um, and celebrating, uh, you know, the different groups that are here. So, you know, we, you know, you, you just love that. It's like people are, people are who they are and they feel like they can be themselves here. And, you know, you see that all over. And it's, um, I was just funny. I was just thinking about that today. I was like, if I were in probably any other company or, or any other role, it's like, I would not have all this, uh, diverse understanding of even the world of the people that have Mm. immigrated here and hearing the stories, you know, we've got people that came from Syria, people that are Iraqi, uh, you know, people that are Russian and, you know, you hear about, they grew up in those areas and what it was like and why they're here Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, how exciting it is for them to have their family here and to be able to make a great living and to work for such a phenomenal company when those opportunities weren't afforded you know, right. where they were. So people become American citizens here and you should see the celebrations that the leaders and the teams have at their desk with the flags right. and like, a, you know, it's, it's such a, such a big deal. So yeah, yeah I think culturally here um, with the diversity, equity and inclusion is just very, very celebrated. And our C-suite, I mean, there's so much uh, female, um, you know, at that level, Melinda Wilner, she's phenomenal. Our COO, you've got Laurel Lawson, um, runs our chief, you know, our chief people officer, uh, Sarah DeSantis with the marketing team. I mean, we've got so much, um, you know, there's just, there's so much that we have as a company that just, it's just who we, again, it's just who we are and how we're operating, but there are those little tangible things that I don't even, I don't even recognize them because I'm in it every day. You come right. and see it and I'm like, it's just who we, it's just what we are. Right. Right. Like it, w- it was, um, there was, it just brought a smile to my face, right? Like just yeah. being, yeah, uh, seeing how, um, everyone was embraced and, um, and how everyone's well-being was really taken um, seriously. Um, and oh, so, yeah. and that definitely came through. And that's as a visitor. That's not like I wasn't getting into your business. I was like, I was just a visitor and that's what I felt. And so it was really um, very impactful to me. Is there anything like nuggets of learnings that you would want to leave um, whether it's, you know, quality folks or IT folks or anything that as you kind of lessons learned that you've had that you would like to impart on folks as we close out here soon? Yeah, you know, there's a, um, IT is so intimidating, right? When you look Mm -hmm. on the outside and look in, I see so many people that are like, gosh, it's, that's so hard. Or, you know, they don't, people don't realize that it's, um, you know, you can learn it. And, 
once people through our programs, you know, there is such an excitement for people taking on this career and it's so rewarding, you know, it's so rewarding to see people not, you know, we take a lot of people obviously that have college degrees and some are team members that transition into full-time when they work their butts off. Um, you know, what people that came from backgrounds of a bus driver or someone that was waiting tables that, you know, have these opportunities, like you can learn, you can learn anything, you know, right. put your mind to it and, you know, getting with the right company and all those things are important, but, you know, knowing where the opportunities are and understanding the value of what a company offers. Um, I've seen people that have come here and have just, they get it and they're taking it and they're just working hard every day. And all these opportunities just start opening up for them because they put their head down and they're a great person and they're great culturally here. And it's just, the sky becomes the limit for them. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting to see them light up and, and to see them ignite and to really take off. And it just happens all the time. So I think the intimidation factor, like for people that to, it's hard, uh, but mm -hmm. to try not to be so intimidated by things like that and just take it on and try it or try to learn or try to get your foot in the door, uh, with the place real important. And then leaders out there, I think any leaders that are listening, you know, there's, uh, investing in your people, knowing your people, knowing what they want, uh, you know, personally and professionally, those things are so rewarding to see people buy their first house or have their first child. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, we have people that have gotten married, bought their first house, had their, you know, that have been here 10 years mm -hmm. and to see their life like transform and to see their career and their income go from $35,000 a year to a six-figure income in technology and have crazy job security and be so valued here and successful here and mm -hmm. to have so much success personally, you know, to be saving and investing. Like as leaders, like, I don't know if there's anything more rewarding than that. You know, you're mm -hmm. skilling these people up and they are taking full advantage of it. Um, so those are the things that are, are huge drivers for me. Uh, I, I just, I love it. You know, I love all the, all the people here Everyone, every interview, you know, we get every interview person, the person that we're interviewing, they say, what, what do you love about it? And it's always unanimous around there. Everyone's like the people, it's all the people that mm -hmm. are here. They're just so supportive and so helpful and so great. They work so hard. Um, and to your point, I think it's just the culture that has been created here. And we work hard to maintain that culture uh, over time. It, it, those things make a difference and it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is. What right? is it's a, yeah, it's a million exactly little hard. things. It's a million little yeah. things that all yeah. add up from t-shirts that we do to Diwali dances, to how we treat each other, to how we speak to each other, you know? So yeah, yeah. I think all of those things are, um, all the small pieces that make this. It's contagious. Awesome. I will yeah. say yeah. like I left on, on a high, right. Yeah. After oh, just yeah. a few hours. And yeah. so, um, if that's what I felt just after that little exposure being, I can't imagine what it's like being there from day after day. So, I mean, in 13 years, there's been maybe a handful of days where I don't walk in here excited. Like there's people that talk about, you know, sitting in their car in the parking lot and not wanting to walk into their job. Like I just can't even imagine, like it's exciting mm -hmm. to come in and see and connect with people and to, to, right. to do the work, you know, in front of us. So, yeah. Well, Jillian, thank you for sharing today. I really appreciate it. I learn a lot every time I talk with you and I uh, value our friendship as well. Yes. It's so great so. to see you. Alrighty. Well, take care and we will talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Dory. <laughs>